Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew with another batch of fascinating news stories that appeared on Archaeologica this past week. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeoseek. A new study suggests that Attila the Hun attacked Rome because of drought in his home territory along the Danube. A structure at a mountaintop site in the basin of Mexico apparently served as an astronomical observatory to maintain precision for the Aztec calendar. A half-shekel coin unearthed in Jerusalem is a rare find relating to the very short First Jewish-Roman War. And a new survey has doubled the number of geoglyphs for the Nazca Lines. Thanks to everyone for supporting our subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue in 2023, beginning in March with a tour to Malta and its amazing prehistoric temples, which are one of the world's greatest archaeological mysteries. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org tours. And now, here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of December 11th through the 17th, 2022. We begin this week with a new study that argues the Eurasian Hunnic peoples, famed for their attacks on the late Roman Empire, may have been motivated by severe drought in the Danube frontier provinces. The study, published in the Journal of Roman Archaeology, argues that extreme drought spells during the 5th century disrupted ways of life in the Danube frontier provinces of the Eastern Roman Empire, forcing Hunnic peoples to adopt new strategies to survive. According to the authors of the study, Suzanne Hackenbeck, an associate professor from Cambridge's Department of Archaeology, and Professor Ulf Bündgen from the university's Department of Geography, the origins and early migrations of the Huns have been long debated. However, their research, which utilized a tree-ring-based hydroclimate reconstruction as well as archaeological and historical evidence, suggests that the movements and origins of the Huns can be at least partially tied to climatic fluctuations, specifically drought conditions. As reported by Fizz.org, the tree rings analyzed in the study indicate that the Carpathian Basin, where the Huns had settled, experienced episodes of unusually dry summers in the 4th and 5th centuries. The drought spells from AD 420 to 450 would have reduced crop yields and pasture for animals. According to Bündchen, the tree ring data offer an opportunity to link climatic conditions to human activity on a year-by-year basis. They found that periods of drought recorded in tree rings coincided with escalations of Hunnic raiding activity in the region. As reported by Dr. Hackenbeck, recent isotopic analysis of skeletons from the region suggests that Hunnic peoples responded to climate stress by migrating and by mixing agricultural and pastoral diets. If resource scarcity became too extreme, settled populations may have been forced to move, diversify their subsistence practices, and switch between farming and animal herding. The study also argues that some Hunnic peoples dramatically changed their social and political organization to become violent raiders. 
Hunnic attacks on the Roman frontier intensified after Attila came to power in the late 430s. The Huns increasingly demanded gold payments and Roman territory along the Danube. The most devastating Hunnic raids in AD 447, 451, and 452 coincided with extremely dry summers in the Carpathian Basin. Climate-induced economic disruption may have required Attila and others of high rank to extract gold from the Roman provinces to maintain their positions of power. It's possible that the Huns attacked to acquire food and livestock, not just gold. Attila may have even demanded a strip of land along the Danube because it offered better grazing in a time of drought. More evidence is needed to answer these questions. Next, we go to Mexico, where new research suggests that ancient Mexicans tracked the sun to maintain a farming calendar that precisely measured seasons and even adjusted for leap years, allowing them to supply food for as many as 3 million people in the Mexican basin. As reported by Fizz.org, before the Spanish arrival in 1519, the basin of Mexico's agricultural system fed a population that was extraordinarily large for the time. To feed so many people in a region with a dry spring and summer monsoons required advanced understanding of seasonal variations in weather. Planting too early or too late could have disastrous results. The failure of a calendar to stay synchronized with the solar year could also have led to crop failure. Although colonial chroniclers documented the use of a calendar, it was not previously understood how the Mexica, or Aztecs, were able to achieve such accuracy. According to Ezekiel Escura, a UC Riverside professor of ecology who led the research, the Mexica used the mountains of the basin as a solar observatory, keeping track of the sunrise against the peaks of the Sierra Nevada mountains. They likely stood at a fixed spot, looking eastwards from one day to another to tell the time of year by watching the rising sun. To find this spot, the researchers studied Mexica manuscripts. The ancient texts referred to Mount Tlaloc, which lies east of the basin. The research team explored the high mountains around the basin and a temple at the mountain's summit. Using astronomical computer models, they confirmed that a long causeway structure at the temple aligns with the rising sun on February 24th, the first day of the Aztec New Year. The study may be the first to demonstrate how the ancient Mexica were able to feed millions using the sun as a precise agricultural clock. Our third story this week brings us to Jerusalem, where archaeologists from the Hebrew University, excavating south of the Temple Mount, discovered an assemblage of coins within the destruction layer of the period of the Great Revolt. Most of the coins are made from bronze, but one silver coin is an extremely rare half-shekel from AD 69 or 70, and is one of just three examples ever found by excavators in Jerusalem. The Great Revolt was the first of several uprisings by the Jewish population of Judea against the Roman Empire. The revolt was caused by increasing religious tensions and high taxation by the Romans. The Roman client king Herod Agrippa II abandoned Jerusalem as the rebellion overrun the Roman garrison. The Romans mobilized a massive military response to subdue the rebellion and punish the Jewish people. The legions of soldiers reached Jerusalem in AD 70, placing the city under siege for four months. After several battles, much of the city and the Second Temple were destroyed. 
During the revolt, the Jewish inhabitants of Jerusalem minted bronze and silver coins. Most of the silver coins featured a goblet on one side, with the ancient Hebrew script above it noting the year. Prior to the revolt, coin production during the Roman period was exclusively controlled by the Romans. Depending on its denomination, the coins also included an inscription around the border noting either Israel shekel, half shekel, or quarter shekel. The other side of these coins showed a branch with three pomegranates surrounded by an inscription in ancient Hebrew script that reads Holy Jerusalem. According to the researchers, half-shekel coins were also used to pay the half-shekel tax to the temple, contributed annually by every Jewish adult male. The silver coins from the Great Revolt were the only currency in ancient times to bear the title shekel. The next time this name was used was in 1980, on Israeli shekel coins produced by the Bank of Israel. Our final story takes us to southern Peru, where drone surveys and aerial images have identified 168 new geoglyphs in the Nazca Lines World Heritage Site. The Nazca Lines are a collection of giant 2,000-year-old geoglyphs constructed by the ancient Nazca culture. Roughly 50 of the new geoglyphs depict human-like figures, while other designs feature birds, orcas, cats, and snakes. A few are simple lines or trapezoidal patterns. It's difficult to determine exactly when the designs were created, but clay pots found near the lines date between 100 and 300 BC. Many of the ancient illustrations are scratched into flat terrain, making them difficult to see from nearby vantage points. The lines have been interpreted in numerous ways over the decades, but the most common hypothesis is that they were meant for gods in the sky who were looking down on humans. Another explanation suggests that the figures and patterns were drawn for ritualistic astronomical purposes and were meant to somehow reflect the stars. The lines gained widespread attention when pilots flew over them in the 1930s. Researchers at Yamagata University in Japan are now working with local archaeologists to reveal more hidden pictures, and the latest discovery nearly doubles the previous number of known designs. As reported by Science Alert, drones were an integral part of the most recent efforts to reveal hidden geoglyphs. The devices have allowed experts to glimpse the Nazca lines with more clarity and precision. Much of the information they gather is analyzed by artificial intelligence programs, which can pick out patterns faster and more reliably than the human eye. In 1994, when a part of the Nazca Desert was designated as a World Heritage Site, only about 30 of the designs had been found. However, by 2019, archaeologists had found nearly 200 geoglyphs, with the latest additions, uncovered by researchers from Yamagata University, the official number of known Nazca figures is now 358. Many more ancient artworks probably are hiding out there in the desert. With approval from the Peruvian Ministry of Culture, researchers at Yamagata plan on mapping out the full length and width of the desert canvas with the help of local archaeologists. We should note that the Nazca Lines are a prominent destination within our tour called Peru, Machu Picchu, and the Nazca Lines to take place in October 2023. This includes a flight over the Nazca Lines for our tour participants. Now we know about many more figures on the ground to be seen from the air. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org where all the news is history. 
Also, be sure to check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. Thank you.